Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Simply having wondrous Christmas time. Simply having wonderful Christmas time. Simply that- ha- What's yeah. wrong with that song? Is that a real song? Yeah. Do you not know it? No. I didn't write it. I'm not a genius. It was written by musical legend Sir Paul McCartney. Okay. He got knighted moments after he wrote that song. He's my favorite Beatle. And not just because he's yeah, yeah, a fellow Paul. But don't say that out loud, though. That's not cool to say he's your favorite Beatle. You want to say George Harrison, then maybe John Lennon. What? And then, um, uh, Are you doing a bit? So that's what cool. No, no, no that's what cool people say. Oh, yeah, but... If you're cool, you say George Harrison's your favourite Beatle. I like Paul McCartney too, mate. I'm long and winding road all day. But cool people, George Harrison number one, Lennon number two, and then um, if you're our sister Maria and you're going for um, accidental hilarity, then she says Ringo Starr, like an insane person. But um, this is garden. Yeah. It's fire. Anyway, I don't have time to teach you about what cool Beatles are like. What I want to teach you is that Paul McCartney released some weird music after he left the Beatles. Oh, and I think released, he released a Christmas album. Um, he's released some really weird ones recently. Go on his Spotify, and one of his singles off his last <laughs> album was called, like, Fuh You. And it's like, F-U-H-U. And it's real dirty. Yeah, well, he's, he's no one's going to tell Paul McCartney that you just you get to a level of fame. I think Kanye's there now. Michael Jackson obviously exists in this world where you're so big that no one can tell you that's not a great idea. So, yeah, he's just going ham. You might say he's a real Victor Oladipo. Yeah, are you well, just not talking, or is the connection cut out? Uh, no, there was there was no reason for me to speak. You can tell this is going to be a classic podcast. It's time for Advanced Analytics. Wow, and we are already in deep with the analysis. Mainly not basketball based, but still, we're you know we we analyze everything that we um, you know everything that we want to get involved in. Help me out. What do you want me to say? There's not a question. Just just jump into the conversation. Um, I'm in Tokyo. That's why we've got such a long delay. Uh, konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. And Paul mm. is in uh, 1.30 in the morning in Auckland? Yeah, 1.47 Auckland, New Zealand. I... I... I don't know if I'm an authority on this, but I, I've been to a lot of places in the world, want to brag about it, and I think Tokyo has the best NBA store I've ever been to. Okay. what's um, Surpassing Kicks 101 in Melbourne. Right. I haven't been to that many. So Kicks 101 in Melbourne was pretty good. Tokyo, 
has um, NBA Barbies. Who knew that existed? In the 80s, really in the 90s, cool. they released Barbie dolls uh, with all the team uniforms in them. And some of the Barbies were even black. It was off- It was awesome. Um, did they have a magic one? No, nah, I don't think they did. I didn't look at all. I didn't look closely enough, but they had most of the major teams. Hardly any magic merch there. But I'll tell you what, I was in NBA heaven because I didn't think the store was going to be much because it's like off the beaten track. It's in Shinjuku, which is like the major tourist. It's the too fast, too furious Tokyo drift area. But it's it's like well off the beaten track. The store, like it's a real, it's like in almost like a residential neighborhood. Real looks really terrible from the outside, but. You know it's going to be good when it has a life-size Michael Jordan, Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant cardboard cutout just like gaffer taped to the side of the road. Yeah. Did um. And then it has this big um, clearance rack, and I found a, a authentic Lamar Odom Clippers jersey in my size just there on the street flapping around in Tokyo for $87. Wow. It was amazing. They Amazing. also had a lot of magic jerseys, but they're all like five XL. They had like um, uh, Drew Gooden from that era. That's cool. Um, I would have got one if it wasn't so so busy. But it was just it was yeah. a gold mine. That was just the outside, and then inside they had Matchbox NBA cars. They had Shocks BB4s. I know sneakers quite well, like the the Shocks that Vince Carter wore during the Sydney Olympics. I mm. think these might have been dead stock, like from the two thousands. I could be wrong. It sounds insane, but I'm pretty sure these were like colorways that haven't been released since. Um, yeah. yeah. They had silky Jordan tracksuits. Every one you can imagine. Vintage NBA sh- shirts they'd sourced from America. Like with still the stickers on them from 1993. I bought a uh, Chicago Bulls World Champions back-to-back 91-92 shirt. It was, honestly, I spent like four hours there. It was amazing. Very cool. They sold Uncle Drew merch. Like singlets and like balls and like uh, figurines. And that movie kind of never really hit home. It's kind of sad yeah. that we haven't watched that, right? Yeah, really sad. The we Kyrie sh- Irving movie. And, and do a, rev- a review, do some reviews on it. I'm really keen to see okay. it because um, Orlando Magic star Aaron Gordon is in it. That's amazing. He's not on the cover, obviously, or is he? I think he probably is. He's quite a main role. I can imagine he is a terrible, terrible actor, but um, well, I, I thought it must be bad. Like I was wondering why I hadn't heard of it or watched it. Yeah, well, it didn't get released. I don't but think then I googled it. Yes, at least. it wouldn't have. But it must be like available on iTunes or something like that. My yeah, point maybe. being is that um, I googled it, thinking it must have been like terrible, like twenty percent on Rotten Tomato uh, on yeah. uh, Metacritic. Metacritic gave it fifty-seven. Space Jam only gets a fifty-nine. Right, so it's like the second best basketball movie of all time. What's Coach no, Carter well, get? Hoop Dreams, Hoosers. Hoosers. Isn't it? Love and Basketball starring Common. Um, well, for me it goes Space Jam, Earbud, Uncle Drew. Earbud's good. You haven't even seen Uncle Drew. Yeah, but Aaron Gordon's in it. It's going to be good, I can tell. i got a good feeling about it. Real good All right, vibe. it's time for... The Week in Review. Week in Review. So, we've just had the Christmas Day games. It's Christmas. It's Christmas in Tokyo and New Zealand. It's Christmas. It's Boxing Day, but um, it's... Um, uh, Christmas it's in the States. It's just been Christmas Day in America. And um, I think the saddest thing that we learned from this Christmas Day games is that the NBA is not scripted as we thought, as... Um, 
the Celtics versus Philly, a game that um, went down to the wire, finished with a, a, a Ben Simmons handoff to JJ Redick for the long two miss. It got good in overtime when Kyrie caught on fire. But then um, Mario Hazonia, who of course dunked reportedly on Giannis Antetokounmpo, didn't even play against the Bucks. It was tragic. Zero great, minutes. I think great move, though, um, <laughs> on his behalf, because like now still one nil. Hazonia. I don't think he. I don't think he um, chose to not play. Get a DNP. Oh, he would have. Like, what's the point of doing? You'd be annoyed just to bother you know, to show up. No, but you know, like the rumors always about like Lee coach, like LeBron coaching his teams. Hazonia's the same. Yeah. He's, he's coach. He's coach, GM, player. Did you see the best game by a mile? So I guess we'll start there as Celtics versus Philly. Did you see the overtime or any part of uh, I saw the highlight of when Kyrie hit those back-to-back threes to basically win it. <laughs> it, was ama- it was amazing just to see um, Kyrie take over and so frustrating that the Sixers were so... What you want from the Sixers is either go to Embiid in the posts which we didn't see really. And we did also that we saw him shoot a few threes and that was about it. And, um, or Jimmy Butler trying to take over and neither of those happened. So I found it quite, um, frustrating. I also found it frustrating that when, um, Kyrie hit his big clutch shots, they referred to him as uncle drew with the three. Don't call him uncle drew. Yeah. That's funny. Does it, does he have another nickname? Kyrie. People just call him Kyrie, right? When you've got when your name is unusual as Kyrie, like LeBron, yeah, like you don't you can you don't have need a nickname, one. but you don't really need one. Yeah, he should have some sort of flat Earth um, nickname. They kind of with his sneakers, they kind of play yeah. up to it. They like, like um, Illuminati eyes on it and stuff. Yeah, but like maybe they can call him like the um, the Truther, the Seeker. Yeah, it's it's a real shame. It's a shame Paul Pierce took the truth because that would be quite good. The truth too. Yeah, the real truth. <laughs> now the truther is so I forgot about Paul Pierce's nickname, the truth. That's quite good because he's a Celtic as well. The truther works well because truther is like very uncool and yeah. <laughs> super truther. I love how he he finally put the flat earther thing behind him. And he was like, all good. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, he's just, you know, a young guy figuring his way in the world. But then he, um, after the Steph Curry thing, he got asked about it. And then he, like, he got back into it a little bit, talking about how they want you as athletes to fit into a box. And if you don't fit into that box, (laughs) uh, you know, you're, like, ostracized or something like that. Mm. I was like, no. They just want you to not spread mistruths. No, but that is true. Like, people do try and put athletes in a box where they believe the earth is round and yeah. he wanted to get out <laughs> of that box. The earth-shaped box. Yeah. What else was interesting from um, Christmas Day games? Um, oh, Lakers Warriors smoked. got hammered. Yeah. They did. It's funny how we had different, we had different like ways of looking at that game. Like you were like the Lakers smoked him and me, it was like all about just the Warriors. Everyone wants to see the Warriors lose by 30. I hate the Lakers, man. No one likes the Lakers. The Warriors play trash, and I think there's some stat going around about Steph Curry, like he's never scored more than 15 points in a Christmas Day game. 
shooting terrible, and obviously most of the Warriors played quite poorly to lose the Lakers. Because the, the funny thing is, it was actually, it wasn't a one game when LeBron went out. Like, they won the game without LeBron. Hmm. Uh, LeBron got a groin injury, but shouldn't be a long. It's very rare you see LeBron hmm. leave a game with injury. And without um, JaVale but, McGee, who had pneumonia. But yeah, the Lakers just every player, every every player on the Warriors played substandard, and every player on the Lakers um, had a blinder. Like you know, when Zubac is playing well, like I came and says, okay, I haven't even bothered to try and learn his name because he's such a minor player. You know, when Zubac is doing well, that um, yeah, it's things are going their way. Draymond's um, um, said their defense was tacky. I think the well, I didn't see the game, but I think they just left him open all day, and he. He did nothing. The, the uh, and felt bad about it. The Jazz killed the Blazers. Um, Jazz are a weird team this year. I don't think Christmas Day Christmas Day games are weird. Like the pressure and the excitement of them. You got Rajon Raj Rondo playing out of his skin on Christmas. I don't think you can read much into them because, as I said, LeBron plays the Warriors every year and seems to beat them every year. Like I don't know if it's a good indicator. Um, Rockets beating the Thunder was a good game and. Um, yeah, maybe hopefully the start of the Rockets getting their ish together, even if it is just James Harden just like putting on huge. He's like averaging forty points over the last seven games or something like that. It's crazy. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I think it's like thirty nine point eight points per game, or something like that. Um. Back to LeBron though. This week he got into hot water, uh, by Instagramming. I think it was his Instagram story. Um. Some anti Semitic, uh, lyrics. <laughs> Did you see that? What? Did you not see it? Uh, well, no, no what, like, this is pretty full on. Like, what? Um, he just, he just, the he just quoted a Twenty One Savage lyric from the song ASMR. Um, that was about it was just about getting uh, getting like Jewish money, and um, and yeah, he got in hot water for it. It's like joking that um, Asian people get maths. Like, yeah, it is a positive stereotype, but it's still a stereotype. Yeah, I'd say it's a bit different to that though, because it's like, uh, you know, that's I don't know. It's like that's been a negative kind of stereotype for ages, and like the Holocaust and stuff is kind of related to that. Yeah, yeah. good. The Holocaust is related to the Twenty One Savage lyric. Well, yeah, kind of. Yeah. I kind of thought you'd back out of that, but no, you doubled down. Full credit to you. Um, kind of embarrassing that LeBron's into 21 Savage. Is he not like kind of a joke rapper? I don't think so. I've never listened to him, but I think he's kind of on trend. Yeah, but on trend is different from being like... There's a time when Soldier Boy was sweeping the world. Like, I don't know. Yeah, a lot of LeBron rappers feel quite disposable and surely... Surely, Twenty One Savage is like um, a fad. Maybe not. Yeah. Oh, I always think I'm good at um, not getting on board with fad rappers. Like, um, you know, like there was a period when Young Jeezy was just featuring on every song, and people loved know, Young yeah. Jeezy. And I was like, he's got two good songs. One, he's got one point five good songs, and. He, he's got not. He's not going to be here. We're not going to be talking about him in five years' time. Sure enough, and then um, the other one who I, I thought was similar was Rick Ross. It's like 
people loved Rick Ross. Yeah. And I never got into it. He was taking over, eh? It's like, the thing about a lot of rap music, and this is embarrassing that now it's Guy Lynch from Nelson New Zealand telling people my views on rap music, is that there's obviously a lot of really good, uh, thoughtful rap out there. But a lot of it, like like any pop music, is just about your vibe. Like, Katy Perry had a winning vibe for so long, a winning style, and now it's kind of gone like hard off trend and she's kind of like in the wilderness. Also, it doesn't help when you're just releasing trash music, like this swish, swish, fish. Speaking of basketball, so embarrassing. Um, but uh, like rappers like Rick Ross, uh, I feel like are all about the style and the persona that they've created. And it was controversial because... Mm. Rick Ross had kind of stolen his persona apparently because he's a prison mm. guard and he stole it off one of the prisoners. And I don't know. Anyway, um, and like that style and persona exists for a period of time. And then it's like there's a time when Iggy Azalea was like running the rap game. That may be too much to say, but people just liked her style, aka being a hot white woman who did rapping. And then um, it, it, it fell away very quickly. Um, what was the Young Jeezy song that was. What was the Young Jeezy song? The one and a half good Young Jeezy songs. Put on. Okay. Um. Yeah. The good. The good one was put on. I put on for my city. Oh. Wait. I need to do a bit of. You know, I put on for my city. Oh. Oh. For my city. I put on for my city. Oh. Oh. For my city. Put on. You sound like just an old man. Put, well, I mean, he did as well. Well, yeah. I. That's what he sounded like. And then his other good song yeah, was. Very, um, can we just guarantee that was an accurate song? His other his other song was um, my president is black, my Lambo's blue, and I'll be goddamned <laughs> if my rims ain't too. My Jordan's like gray, and my Jordan's like gray. I'm heading for okay. DC. Is that the actual lyric? Like, don't have a blue Lambo. That's already weird. Like, normally Lambo go black or yellow, but then mm. if you are gonna go blue Lambo, don't make the rims also blue. Yeah, that's true. All blue, everything. I mean, it might be gang like, related. You want the rims to be a different color to the rest of the like get some spinners. Yeah, it might that. be gang related though. It might be a crip. I can't speak um, on that. Back to basketball. Anything else interesting happen on Christmas? Not really. Yeah, it was a little bit uneventful. Just because we had like, oh my god, when the Bucks pay, play Giannis, it's going to be uh, when Giannis plays the Knicks, it's going to be huge. But then it kind of like it fizzled out a little bit. I think. Right. See, I I didn't think the Bucks versus the Knicks was ever going to be huge. No, it was just because of the dunk on and because Giannis trying to get revenge on them. Right. Okay. Um, and Rockets Thunder he, was a there was kind a, of exciting there was matchup, actually yeah. a play I saw in that game was when um, Giannis got blocked real bad by Noah Vonley, and then as he was kind of falling over, he he got out of anger, kind of grabs Noah Vonley around the waist and pulls him over with him. And then, um, I mean, it's the end of the story, really. Not not a great story in retrospect. No, no. Hey, believe in your story. That was a great story. That was like, call up the moth right now and tell them you got a great story for them. For them, put on their podcast. Put in the sorry, I don't mention rival podcast, and even if it's a story it's time okay. podcast, still, I'll allow. Don't it. check them out. It's a terrible, terrible podcast. Um, Luka Doncic this week, a few days ago. Made the most amazing. I mean, I know he's just on the ridiculous hype train now. Now that's he's the Ben Simmons, Lonzo Ball of two thousand and whatever year we are now. But his game tying well, three versus the Blazers I'd say he's, from the corner. I'd say he's bigger than. I'd say he's bigger than both those guys in terms of like height. But 
it's probably racistly because heaps of NBA fans are white, white. and they love white guys. But um, no, no, no. I don't. I don't know. Lonzo was pretty. Lonzo wasn't really. It wasn't because he was. Uh, um, uh, it wasn't because he was. It wasn't necessarily hype. Like it wasn't because Phil thought he was so good. People did think he was quite good, but Lonzo's hype yeah, was more like. Good point. Um, it was the big baller brand. Just him and his LeVar. dad, and the like. People yeah, hating on him, true. and every time he missed a shot, it was like on Twitter, and yeah, it was just yeah. Yeah, that's Lonzo true. was like I think that. the closest we've had to Lin Sanity, really, like front page news every day what he's doing, and it's kind of yeah, it, amazing that this year they've they've flipped a switch and um, just managed to get rid of his dad somehow, and I think his dad's trying to get his his youngest son into college. It's almost sad the way because he was so ambitious. It's kind of sad the way their empire has so quickly crumbled. Now the second son hasn't made it into the NBA and isn't close to making it, and now they're like. Got to hustle hard to get the third son in there, mm. um, which may which may never happen. Partly because the dad has done such a bad job of um, guiding his career. Um, it's to be fair though, it's amazing you just get one son in. Like it's ridiculous when, yeah. Uh, Luka Doncic's game time three falling honestly, out of bounds. Honestly, yeah. one of the craziest shots I've ever seen. It was a it was an interesting play. Like it almost worked, but didn't work. You can't just really? say it worked. You know, write the story in the balls in the air. You can't say it worked just because it went in. But the idea of just having a player run to the corner Wait. and just pass it along the back because it's hard yeah. to because you know often you get someone gets a hand see, on it, but that's quite a clever play. Bold claim, I think you saying that it didn't work. How? What part of it didn't work? No, you no, no. To no. Get well, a foul the story as well. is right. This, no, 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 write the, write the story when the ball's in the air. So say you didn't know whether the shot had gone in or not. What it got was a contested three falling out of bounds from like behind the backboard. Like it was a really bad shot. It just happened to go in. Mm, okay. I'd say huge success. So, yeah, no, 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 no. It, it turned into a huge success because he made it. It's like football players who like try and take, take shots from like, um, miles outside the box it's like yeah if it goes in you're a genius but 90 percent of the time 98 percent of the time it misses and the coach is like yelling at you because you're an idiot for even attempting that you know like it's just like yeah it, it was a very very difficult shot probably about as difficult as they get from that angle like almost over the backboard and it just he happened to make it and uh yeah amazing the hype train um yeah is real well, um I will say, because um, we, yeah, sorry. Portland would be gutted because they were up three. They had, the other team had one free throw with 0. 0.6 or uh, like 0. 0.8 or something left. I think he tried to make the free throw thinking, uh, I don't know what really they were thinking. The free throw. Dallas had a free throw. Yes. And luckily Dallas's free throw, it, it was in and out. Like it literally like popped in, hit both the front and back of the rim popped out. So then it's like basically only really chance is like a tip-in, really. Hmm. But then DeAndre Jordan batted it at um, at uh, Damian Lillard and it hit him and went out of bounds. It was crazy. Like they, there's no way they should have gone to extra time there. And then to hit that shot. Anyway, continue. There's been a few games so I actually think the thinking about it now, I was actually I had a similar qualm about the um 
Rockets winning, and a, a great play by James Harden down the stretch, but the Rockets beating the Thunder today, where um, uh, Schroeder was hounding the crap out of Austin Rivers. How weird is it that Austin Rivers was playing Christmas Day? It's funny how fast players move, and like he goes from um, being this like player almost out of the NBA, like almost amnestied, um, to being a key player on um, a team with championship aspirations. Um, so he had the ball and was getting hounded by Dennis Schroeder. And um, Dennis Schroeder basically got a clean steal on him. Austin Rivers hooked Dennis Schroeder in the face to try and get the ball back. And somehow the foul was on Schroeder. Maybe I didn't see it clearly enough, but it seemed like kind of a bullshit call. Rockets got the ball, Harden ended up scoring, and it was game over. It was like such a... Maybe I'm, maybe I'm talking shit there, but that was just any, what, what I saw. But anyway, um, that is crazy that uh, Dallas even had the opportunity to make that shot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I um, we've got such great. Before we started, we um, noted that um, I've got a doc of things I wanted to talk about in the podcast. And Paul, instead of contributing to the doc and making it good, which I asked him to do, he started his own secret doc. Okay. And so I'll tell you why. We're literally not on the same page. Your doc is, yeah. uh, is impossible to understand. Okay. I've noticed you've deleted it. It's not my doc. Book. It's it's not my doc. Oh, I delete it as we cover it. But okay. it's not my doc. It's here's, both. It's the show's doc. Okay. Here's what the next thing. So he's deleted everything we've talked about so far. The next thing up. Yeah. Says this. Al Faroku Imino unglued yeah, dudes you know what I mean. in the NB. That's the first line. Okay, so I'm going to translate that to Alfarik Aminu, unglued dudes in the NBA. Okay, what does that mean? No. Okay, on the NBA, on this podcast, we all, we often talk about the ugliest dudes in the NBA, right? Oh, well, that's a different word to unglued. No, well, it doesn't matter. So like I, I know what I mean, and I wanted to bring this up because I think it's important. Now, we often just talk about the big, white, ugly European... Yusuf Nurkic, um, Nikolai Jokic type guys, Nikola Jokic, because it's it's a bit it seems a bit racist to just pick on black guys, even though most players in the NBA are black, about being ugly. And I will say that all those ugly Timothy Mozgov mother effers who are in the NBA, Alfred Camino takes the cake as I think the ugliest player by a mile. He looks like a cartoon picture of a witch. Like, I think he might have, like, a wart on his face. Um, and what really, besides his big, uh, like, oversized features, that what really makes him so ugly is his terrible facial hair, which always seems to be, like, what I described from high school as what we'd call as bum fluff. And um, I hate to use this analogy, but it literally looks like pubic hair in different parts. It's, like, not a... Okay. It's not, like, a a beard that's all together. It's like little tufts of hair in different places. And um, my point being is that Alfred Camino, all we really know about him is that he was a guy who years ago did homophobic tweets. We're not sure if he still believes in that or not, or if he was just a kid. But he claimed he I think hair. what he's doing is he's intentionally trying to look as ugly as possible to keep the dudes off him so they don't hit off him. Head on. Ah, okay. A famous homophobic, like, misnomer is that um, gay guys are going to try and, like, hit on them, which is so funny because, like, it's like, bro, how many straight women are hitting on you? 
let alone gay dudes. <laughs> the answer is zero for both of them. But um, Alfred Camino is so scared that gay dudes are going to try and like make a move on him that he is keeping himself ugly. Um, um, Alfred Camino is also LeBron? currently on my fantasy roster still. Oh, yeah. Stop harboring homophobes. Um, LeBron is trying to recruit Anthony Davis. What do you think of that? Uh, just get out of town. I mean, you, you probably will. I hate the Lakers, and I don't I, like I LeBron, think, and I don't like his anti-Semitic Instagram stories. No, he's not. I don't think he's any okay. um, uh, it, it seems like a bit of a fluff about nothing. Like he probably should have known that that was going to be provocative, but who knows? Um, Anthony Davis is a sad case. He's been stuck in New Orleans for years, and yeah, they have done a better job of getting a team around him this year. But Meritich is always injured. Like. <sighs> would be nice i'm a big fan of players staying in this small market team but i feel like anthony davis basically has done his due and it would be great if if there could be a, a trade ideally this year with good young pieces from the lakers give them kuzma give them ball give them whatever they want because the lakers will be trying to attract free agents next year anyway um trying to get get anthony davis right now i reckon just trying to like make a you know, besides the Warriors, the Western Conference is a little bit open and the Lakers are in the mixer. Get Anthony Davis in the mixer there too and um, make it real exciting, I reckon. Okay. I, um, Magic Johnson, if you're listening, get it done. I hope he stays in New Orleans. It probably won't happen this year, but do you though? Like that franchise, like they might struggle to make the playoffs this year. Like you'd like to see Anthony Davis like, you know, competitive, wouldn't you? Yeah, they comp- they've got. A, I think they've got an underrated roster. I think they are underperforming currently. They're, they're fifteen and nineteen in the fourteenth place, but um, like three wins in a row, and they're back in the picture. Yeah, but they'll probably meet the Warriors in the second round, and yeah, it's going to be. They're yeah, not. Well, a, the they're not a serious win. contender. Um, okay. The Lakers are what? I don't know. They're not great. I don't think. All right, well, thank you for that analysis. Um, some good analysis that I thought on Reddit that I thought was quite good is someone wrote a post that said, um, do you find it curious that the original OKC Big Three are the most hated players in the sub and maybe in the NBA? It's quite amazing, eh? Harden, who people often equate to Hitler yeah, because um, of his horrible three-point foul drawing um, and just general free-throw line antics. And I wouldn't hate Harden so much if he could back it up in the playoffs and while he didn't have a bad playoffs last year still kind of can't do these 50 point games in the play. I don't know just Harden I think is I can understand why people hate him um KD who obviously is famous for Instagram bullying children or getting fights with children with his burner accounts and then um Westbrook who's quite a who's real divisive amongst Paul and people on this podcast but um, it would be the least hated of the three, but still is, you know, quite a quite a love more hate him style player just because he's a bit selfish and it, it, people think. I think it would be interesting to see um, to do, like poll NBA fans and see who's the most hated of those three. Well, Reddit would be the place to do it. Do you think you should do it on Reddit? Would well, be I'd yeah, say or- it'd go KD or or Harden. Probably KD just because he's had more success. Probably KD Harden than Westbrook. Okay. Yeah, I, I know, know your rankings will be your rankings will be Westbrook, 
Harden, KD. I don't know. But KD's very hated just for, like, you know, distorting the NBA by... I think KD's ruining the Warriors at the moment. That's my theory. With his ISO ball. And his... Well, he's like... He's been weird, right? He's talking about um, signing with other teams. And, and like, the other day he was, like, talking about um, how he's not going to be, like, tricked with... um, uh, recruiting tricks like you know oh we've made you this cool video and stuff he doesn't want any of that he just wants to see like a team just uh, with a place where he can come and play basketball and a good vibe and it's like that's crazy I think that's crazy to be saying stuff like that when you're in the middle of the season with a team I, I, I this is what happens in the NBA though I I think it's clear we've learned that he's a very strange person I really hope he leaves and like am enjoying this like chit chat and rumor mills, but um, I definitely don't think he would. He'd be crazy. Like you go like, oh, he's got to finish the three peat, yeah, and then they'll be like, oh, can he get four in a row? Like when was the last team in the NBA team did that? Like you know they're chasing like unbelievable history. And um, while I hate this area of Warriors dominance, um, it would be silly to leave it. I think. And it's not like it's not like there's going to be a better situation anywhere else. But I think it'd be so cool if he went to the Knicks. I'd love it. I'd kill for that. Um, should we um, should we get things popping with a bit of uh, that time, right about that time, for the stars to roll on out? Yeah. Um, it's that time, right about that time, for the stars to roll on out. Man, it's been a rough time. Uh, it's been a rough month. Hold your head up, man. Hold your head up. Believe uh, me. So we've we've lost six of our last eight, and the losses haven't have like haven't have haven't been good losses. Uh, most of them have been bad. Twenty point to 30-point blowouts. We lost by 10 points to the Bulls the other day. Um, the Bulls. The, the only two games in the last eight that we've won were the two games in Mexico, uh, one against the Bulls, one one against the Jazz, which was criticized as being <laughs> one of the ugliest games uh, in recent memory. Yeah. Um, the, Magic, the Magic should lobby to play all their games in Mexico from now on. Yeah, it did seem, although the fans were not supporting us, I don't think, in either of those games, despite both of them being no, but technically that's the Magic home. Are their best. The, the Magic, uh, Magic fans aren't supporting them at, at their home stadium at Amway Arena. It's, it is kind of true because a lot of tourists are in Orlando, and I remember like last two years ago they were chanting MVP for Russell Westbrook as the Thunder beat the Magic. It was depressing. <laughs> that was your lowest low, eh? Um. Well, I have player. I have actually have quite a big announcement. Uh, I missed a game. I didn't watch an Orlando Magic game for I think probably the first time in three seasons that I didn't at least watch like the condensed version. Um, wow! They lost by twenty four points to our arch rivals, the Miami Heat, and and you just didn't want to tune in because it was so grim and the Heat are like not doing well themselves. Yeah. And um, we felt we've fallen out of the playoffs. Um, tenth place now. 
and the nets are keep getting better and better. I didn't realize it was this. I didn't realize who, who, who the nets. Yeah, the nets are threatening, man. It's so funny that the nets are like your big rival, yeah. and you're fighting for a playoff spot with them. Now the um, heat as well. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Nets this decimated team that was like rebuilding using scratch scraps that picked up through like um, salary dumps, basically. Um, yeah, no, salary dumps. I'm glad the Nets okay. When was the last mm. time you think Jay Z? I, 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 I know that Jay Z doesn't own the Nets at all anymore. When was the last time you saw him in an NBA game? Does he still go to NBA? Has he lost interest in basketball? Uh, no, I, I'm pretty sure I saw him at like a Warriors game, like maybe last season, like him and Beyonce. Oh, finals or something like that. But Jay Z yeah. and Beyonce used to be at games all the time, right? And it's kind of sad. Well, we don't know what's going on. You don't know what they're doing instead. Might be having a wonderful. Well, previously he was going to, but previously he was going to Brooklyn games a lot to try and like increase their popularity. But now he doesn't have mm. to do that. Like, did he ever love Brooklyn? Yeah. Oh, he loves Brooklyn as a city. Although one thing that always shocked me so is I... like, um, is in one of his songs, "Hello Brooklyn 2.0." Firstly, there was a line in that song that I didn't understand until years later, where he's like. Um, hello Brooklyn we got some feelings to catch or villains to catch or something so in a couple years baby I'm gonna bring you some nets and I was like weird line like he's gonna catch some and like bring a set of nets but then I realized he was he was um, it was predating the Brooklyn nets it was he was announcing that he was moving the New Jersey nets to Brooklyn but then what I would why I brought why I brought up that song was in that song he also says, Hello Brooklyn, if I have a daughter, guess what I'm a caller? Brooklyn Carter. And then he had a daughter years many years later and he <laughs> called her Blue Ivy. So What sort of shocking name is Blue Ivy? I guess Blue's okay. I guess I guess it's okay. Blue. Blue I think Blue's an okay name, but Blue Ivy is anyway. My name's Guy. Um <laughs> I didn't realize the magic with this grim. I actually, I because re- I do a, a minor cursory glance at them every day and kind of, I, I try and think of what I'm going to say about the magic. And my, my thought was going to be the magic are positive because, yeah, they're not going to be great. They might make the finals. But the reason why the magic are good is they're at the best minimum standard of where you want your NBA to be, team to be, which is on any night, they could win. They could beat the Warriors. They could beat the Bucks. Like on things going right, they if they shoot well, they're they're in the game against anyone. But now that looks like to be not the case as they lose six of eight. Where have things gone so so wrong? Um, I think they've stopped. They've stopped doing what was successful, and they've gone back to the ways of the past few years, which is uh, on offense. Everyone st- there's no movement. There's no ball movement. There's no off-ball movement. Everyone stands around, tries to play hero ball, mainly like uh, Evan Fournier and um, Vucevic. 
and and then Gordon's it, it, doing some weird stuff. gone backwards? Uh, I haven't really looked at it, but he he just had a kid, so shout out to he just him and his wife just gave birth to a yeah. But is 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 his kid the reason why the NBA are losing? The magic. Yeah. Um. Possibly he missed one game because of well, it. Let me look at the stats right now on the old Google. What was what was okay, weird, the heat? Eight points, three of twelve shooting. Seven yeah, rebounds, so that's a one shocker. block. Versus the Bulls, 19 points, 8 of 19 shooting, 1 from 5 threes, 19 rebounds. Okay. That's an epic rebounding yeah. game. This is boring. Four blocks. Um, okay, enough. No, it's not. Did, enough. did not play against the Spurs. Enough. Okay. Um, here's a good story. But that's part of the reason, right? This is going to be my when I do my second episode of The Moth. Um. So when he gave birth, someone like right afterwards, like I'm pretty sure like the day after, someone was like, look who I, t- who I just ran into at Disney Springs. So Disney Springs is what used to be downtown Disney in Disney World, which is like the shopping area. It used to have this weird yeah. island called Pleasure Island where you could go to nightclubs and Please stuff. Please don't say Pleasure. Um, and uh, they took a photo with... That was the only place there. in Disney World where you can drink. You could... Really? That seems crazy. Yeah. Um, That's why it's called Pleasure Island. They literally put it on an island where you drink, which is scary because like, if you're drinking, you don't want to be around open bodies of water. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, someone took a photo with them. No, was the... In Wellington, New Zealand, drunk people fall in the harbour all the time. They die. Yeah, and, yeah, I wasn't debating that. I was agreeing. But I was just going to say that the weird thing was that he'd just given, he'd just had his like, first child and then the very next day he was at downtown Disney. It's like, is there a hospital there or what? <laughs> Did he have the baby in the um, uh, leisure wave pool at downtown Disney as a, like a, a home birth? You know how they do it in a tub? He did it in the, um, <laughs> he did in the downtown what, the Disney Aquatic Center. T- Typhoon Lagoon wave pool. <laughs> That's where he had his baby. Um that is weird that NBA players are regularly just going to downtown Disney. Um, I, I spent Christmas at Tokyo Disney, and that was sick. Yeah, I'm real jealous. Such it- long queues, but um, I highly recommend it. Tokyo mm-hmm. Disneyland is just and one the, of the most beautiful Disneylands. Real cool. The vibe would have been good. Good <laughs> vibe. Um, everyone is... In America, a lot of... Um, uh, I was going to say fat people, but I shouldn't say that. But like, a lot of um, kids crying and like having like Disneyland weirdly is often feels like the it seems like the worst day of their lives because like you're supposed to love it, it's supposed to be the happiest place on earth. But so many kids like have too much sugar or whatever, or get tired. It's quite a tiring day. Like, are they crying and miserable like American kids? Japanese kids. There was a so few kids there because I think Japan has like a declining like birth rate, but also. Um, uh, the kids that were there uh, were so well behaved and that most adults dress as matching pairs like couples were dressed in the exact same clothes and um, like teenage girls were often dressed in matching outfits quite a weird cool yeah. thing to do, isn't it? yeah it was just great to um, Disney Sea can't re- I, recommend it I was talk- good times um, I was talking to a uh, to, to my friend the other day uh, about what like, what do you think is the perfect age to take your kid for the first time to Disneyland? 
well, like eight or nine. Yeah, I kind of agree. I I reckon like nine or ten, ten or like I reckon nine to eleven. You need to make sure you just do like a half day though, and then get them home here's, before. Um, yeah, here's cranky. The, here's the thing though. Like I no, I think nine, ten, eleven's old enough to not get cranky. But um, the thing is though, I think they're just like. Are you kidding? This when is the I, main cranky time. I think when I have a kid, I'm just gonna want to like take them straight away. I'm gonna be like, okay, we've left the hospital straight to Disneyland. <laughs> like Nick, not like Nick Vucevic. Yeah, that's true. The, 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 a baby at Disneyland, there's so many babies there normally, especially in America. But the, um, uh, like, what do they remember? Nothing. I went when yeah. I was like well, that's what I'm saying. two or it's three not ideal. or four years old. All I remember doing is burning my hand on the um, fake car parked outside Autotopia, the, aka the famously the worst ride in Disneyland by a mile. Um, uh, all right, let's see in the Magic Mayhem slash yeah. Disneyland chat. Yeah, um, I want to apologize. I want to apologize just quickly to the guys for missing the game. Um, but yeah, that's amazing. You watch every game for the last three years. It just seems like such a weight. Like I already consider my love of sports and my constant sports um, following a waste of life and time. Mm. But like following but, magic exclusively yeah, if, is. And if like, you're if you're enjoying yourself, though, it's not a waste of time. Well. Is it enjoyable though? Because often, especially if your team loses, it's, it's quite pure, frustrating. It's, hashtag, it's hashtag pure magic. No, but like the last six losses in eight games has not been pure. It's been far from pure magic. Yeah, but there's always still little glimpses of the pure magic in there. The I used to be jealous of Mario Fallo. I've been reading Stephen Adams' book. Yeah, okay, should I, should I go back and check? Um, so this is what Guy wrote on the document that he wanted me to be a part of. Don't reveal my methods. Okay, he, he wrote Magic Mahem. And then the next thing up, which he just segued into, is... Pod is in bold, so it's going to be good. Pod guys reading Stephen Adams's book. Who are the yeah. Who are the pod guys? No pod guys reading okay. Stephen Adams's book. Okay, why is the word pod in there? Firstly, no, because on Evernote I save all my notes with pod, so I know it's a pod related one. So I just search pod, and okay. then all the podcast notes come up. That wouldn't have confused me. Secondly. Guys doesn't have a capital, which makes me think it's the word guy. Because sarcasm is the lowest form of word. Um, And then you didn't use an apostrophe S, so it says pod guys reading Stephen Adams' book. Yeah. It all makes sense. And I don't know if I told the story every time I mentioned Stephen Adams, but I'll tell it again anyway. When I was in Wellington playing basketball, there was an old coach there. He was an American guy who played basketball professionally in New Zealand in the 80s and 90s. His name was Kenny McFadden. He was from Detroit, and his hands were mangled from breaking them so many times. On like his Literally, one of his fingers like went off on like a, not a 90-degree angle, but I would say like a 
70 degree angle. Like that's how bad his finger was. Like one of his, his I'd say his ring finger, maybe on his off hand. Like his, his hands were mangled. He like, he was just an old guy. He was always sweeping the gym. And he's like, let me tell you a story about how the um, 1984 Detroit Pistons would have beaten like any current team. You know, like he just like one of, one of those battlers. He'd tell you about how he grew up in the same project as Magic Johnson. All his stories seem like kind of bullshit. You're like, yeah, bullshit. And then like to add to his bullshit, he was like, let me tell you about this boy from Rotorua who I've been training every morning at 6 a.m. He's going to make the NBA. And then turns out that was um, 100% true. It was Stephen Adams. And um, I really want to see how the story ends up because I wonder if, because Kenny McFadden trained Stephen Adams for like four years before he made it to the, started making it to like the ABC camps and even helped him adjust in OKC. I hope that Kenny got like paid or somehow like some small part of um, Stephen Adams' millions. I'm sure he did. Um, it's just a good oh. story to find out how the story happened. Mm. Um, but my main observation from reading the Stephen Adams book, I feel like I should update every week on like, interesting yarns I learned but the idea of tall poppy syndrome which I've never kind of believed in do you believe in tall poppy syndrome describe it to me because I'm, I'm not sure which way it goes the idea is in New Zealand we um kind we of don't like people, people yeah yeah I, do, I, I like agree with it down tall poppies. I agree with it for sure so, to, so to some I extent I think some of, people are seemingly ex, 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 exempt from it what do you mean exempt? What do you mean? Um, well, like, you know, no one really ever was like Richie McCaw. Like rugby players don't seem to get uh, really tall poppied. Yeah. It's because I, I, I think it's, do is... you think it's partly because rugby players are like, the whole vibe is always just like, oh yeah, you know. And it's maybe it's because of the tall poppy syndrome that rugby players are often very dry and, Kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of vibe. Absolutely. There's hardly ever like a cocky, like Draymond yeah. Green or um, even LeBron James style, like arrogant kind of confidence in New Zealand sport. Um, mm. and, and definitely that is part of it. Like Stephen Adams is the perfect example. He, you know, he's always gets asked if he wants to be an all-star and stuff like that. He's like, not really, mate. Like they have the time off. You know, he's always got like a joke or something like that. But mm. um, rugby players, I think as well, is they are legitimate. Like they... It's hard to be tall poppy against rugby because if they say they're the best, they literally, I mean, people in New Zealand wouldn't like if they said they're best, but they are the best. Mm. And I feel like the cultural cringe comes from every time we release a New Zealand movie, my theory is that the reviewers always give it two extra stars. So if it gets three stars, you know it's a really bad film. It should be one star, but they gave it three because they gave it two extra stars. Or if it's a three star film, they'll give it five stars. That's my theory. Right. And there's a lot of things in New Zealand that are like artificially hyped because we want because in New Zealand we don't have a lot of great things. Like, don't get me wrong, we've got your um, your high achievers, your Peter Jacksons and your Lords, but they're more exceptional. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Than like most, yeah. You you're real high on Peter Jackson. Um, well, he I, I don't personally really enjoy Peter Jackson's films besides Heavenly Creatures, but I do think like. In terms of directing blockbuster Lord of the Rings films, he effing mm. nailed it. Well, yeah, I think he nailed like Lord of the Rings, but like you could, you can oh, do without some yeah. of the other stuff. Um, Even Lord of the Rings, I don't know if he, he King he Kong. Like, I, I kind of I kind of want them to like reboot Lord of the Rings soon with less big battle scenes. Epic battle scenes never work. I love how Game of Thrones just skips over them. 
Game of Thrones is just like, we're going to battle. It's going to be a tough one. And then like they cut to the next day and they're like picking up the dead from the field and they're like, it was a tough battle, but we got the win. You know, like they don't really show we're, like... We're not going to make it. The There's a thousands, thousands of them and only six of us. <laughs> Yay, we made it. Paul quoting Fly the Concords there for anyone who didn't understand what the hell he was talking about. Um, speaking of tall poppies, Fly the Concords are genuinely like international achievers. But my point is... A lot of the people who claim, and they're often douchebags who claim like it's tall poppy syndrome in New Zealand. They're like, oh, everyone's just criticizing me because of tall poppy syndrome. No, they're criticizing you because you're actually shit. And like, rightly, you, you don't deserve kind of like the plaudits you've given yourself or the confidence you have or whatever it is. But um, I do kind of believe now, like Stephen Adams talks about it kind of at length. And every criticism he talks about in his book, not that he wrote the book, by the way, we kind of know the woman who actually wrote it. And she kind of said that he hardly wanted to do an interview with him. Kind of spoke quite disparaging of him, to be honest. But oh, wow. um, uh, no, it's not his fault. He just wanted to. He didn't want to write a book, did he? He just wants to live his life, play some basketball, and go to the farm. But um, uh, she said that he he didn't it contribute a lot. But the but in the book, it kind of uh, uh, alludes to all the criticisms people had of Stephen Adams, and they're all absolutely the things that I said. And this is the second example in real, because I was always, because people would always ask me about Stephen Adams being someone who knows about basketball in New Zealand a little bit. Um, I would always kind of go, oh, yeah, he's going to go to America, but it's hard to imagine being drafted. If you look at the stats at Pitt, it's going to be hard to imagine if he's going to get drafted, be second round kind of thing. And they're a bit optimistic, because in New Zealand news, it's hard to trust. Their basketball knowledge is so bad that it's hard to trust when they say he's going to be possibly top 10 pick. You know, you're like, yeah, it's hard to believe. But then when he got, I should have known by the time he got, when he got invited to the green room at the draft, I should have known. I should have had more faith in him. Even when he, even when he got drafted, I didn't kind of believe in him. And um, yeah, it's, 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 kind of, uh, it's kind of amazing to see him prove all those critics wrong to the point where he's now an elite NBA center, one of the best in the NBA, possibly borderline all-star. And um, it's kind of the first time I've ever thought tall poppy syndrome genuinely does exist. Right. Lord was the other person I doubted. It, it goes to show that I really am a bad judge of success. And I think you're a, Mate, it, you're pessimistic often. Yeah. Yeah. Which is often a good way, which normally works. But um, in the disagree. case of Stephen and M's and, and Lord, like to be, it definitely did not work. I like to be positive in that way. When someone does succeed, you're like, I believed in you all along. And if they fail, yeah. you're like, well, I still, I still come off looking like a good guy. <laughs> Top bloke. No ego on my um, face. You, you, you didn't believe in Russell Westbrook, though. Yeah, I don't, I don't like him. He's a bad guy. Why is he bad? Just attitude. Yeah. Just bad attitude. <laughs> no reason. Um, you don't believe in LeBron. Yeah, I don't like him either. Bad guy. I don't um, like bad speaking guys. of bad guys, um, uh, Kobe Bryant released it. Speaking of books, this is the NBA literary corner. Kobe Bryant released a book called The Mamba Mentality. Mm. You read it? It's a bad sign when the quote recommending the book, no, comes from Pau Gasol. Like, I assume Kobe is so connected. I assume he would have had, like, somehow he would have had, like, John Grisham. Or like Tony what? Robbins, or like some celeb. 
some John Grisham, like J.K. Rowling, like recommending the book or something like that. I don't know, just some weird person. Who's that? Who's that writer that you like at the moment? Who writes kind of like who's like the John Grisham of today? Um, uh, like Robert Muchmore, um, not Robert Muchmore, um, like Robert Ludlum. Robert Ludlum or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I assume um, you just would have had some impressive quote. It's Pau Gasol. Like, that's a terrible literary quote. To yeah, have, but like, I mean, Pau it's Gasol probably. I'm going to say. I'm reckoning it's probably. Is it a basketball book or is it like a crime novel? No, it's a. It, I. Because <laughs> like, I was I, kind of doing a joke, but the point is, he you he can get someone better to do it. Um, it's a basketball book, but um, I think like most basketball books, they try and market it also at like a business like alpha male like learn from learn Kobe Bryant's approach to basketball which will help you in your personal life or your business life or whatever right I I think that's the idea yeah absolutely not I've never read a sports um biography and I don't think I ever will I've only ever read two autobiographies Marlon Brando oh, and Burt Bacharach did Marlon Brando so Marlon Brando wrote it uh, well, no or like you know it's like Marlon Brando with a guy so it's, it's a biography but yeah. it's also kind of an autobiography that would be a nightmare being Marlon Brando's biographer he had some of the craziest stories man real crazy yeah, ones so he like was like massively overweight shooting apocalypse now he was his contract was three weeks work for three million dollars he showed up massively overweight and hadn't learned any of his lines Mm -hmm. um so they had to shoot that's why all his shots are in the darkness to try and um hide his like because he's supposed to be this amazing war genius um like commander which don't get me wrong that could be um someone who's overweight but he was also supposed to be like a military a high a high powered like military graduate. So it's hard to imagine like someone with like a um, West Point pedigree being also like massively out of shape, but like Marlon Brando was. So they had to, um, they had to yeah, shoot him in the, in the darkness. Mm. Yeah. Um, time now for uh, Guy I've Been Thinking. Gav been thinking. Gav been thinking. thinking. Ooh, nah, nah, nah. Gav been thinking. Gav been thinking. thinking. This is where I, like, revolutionize the NBA with great ideas. You can tell it's a top segment of the show because um, it's at the very end of the podcast. Sorry I haven't done emails today, by the way, guys. I'm in Japan. I've had better shit to do. But please email in guyandpoor.gmail.com. Any questions, thoughts? We had a guy advertising his hammock business last week. Get it in. We'll definitely, we guarantee we'll read out all of them. Um, this week on Guy I've Been Thinking, um, uh, there needs to be more novelty screens in the NBA. Like, everyone prepares for, like, horns. Everyone prepares for pick and roll. Everyone prepares for, uh, oh. like, just, just like, there's a way you play offense that everyone prepares for, especially in the NBA where just they cl- literally watch tap tape. Just to clarify, because yeah. it's quite confusing, you're talking about setting a screen like a pick on the basketball yeah. court rather because screens can also be like 
the jumbotron. T- TV screens, yeah. yeah. I'm talking about, I'm talking about pics and screens and, and bars. Okay. What, so, so, okay, okay, okay. So when I said there needs to be more novelty screens, you thought I meant like big screens well, in the arenas. Well, here's what I was thinking. What if the court was one big screen? And so when the game's on, you could just have it like projecting a screen, like the court, sorry. So it would just be like how it looks normally, yeah. but it would be a screen. But then during the dance yeah. shows, during um, – and it would be quite amazing. Yeah. Even just timeouts and stuff, boom, it's, it's an ocean. Sure, it's a it's really a, good point. It's that a forest. A, that would be re- that, that's the future. That's like that is the future. If, if only you could play. Unfortunately, they tried to change the basketball like five years ago, and like people lost their minds when Sporting tried to redesign the the the, the classic ball. So it'd be hard to change the hardwood. But um, I remember went to a Clippers game once, and the projection on the hardwood was just in, like the projector technology they have is just unbelievable. Like it looked like the whole court was like exploding at one point. It was genuinely. Like one of the most impressive live, uh, like compared to a pop concert, it was like really good. It was, it was it was really cool. Anyway, I'm not talking about those sort of screens. I'm not talking about projector screens. I'm not talking about big screens. I'm not talking about replay screens. I'm talking about screens and picks on the court. This is advanced analytics. We're talking about serious stuff. And yeah. um, I'm surprised that. Imagine how tricky a three man screen would be to deal with. Like. Well, I think they, there's they been three-man screens. Yeah, there's been three-man screens. I guess, I guess off out of, off out of, um, I guess like elevator door plays or just like a stack um, is often. Yeah, or like yeah, out of bounds plays. Okay, okay, well maybe that's not enough. Four-man screens. Yeah, so it's one guy. It's an on-ball four-man screen. So one guy's dribbling. And then every other yeah. player comes and screens. I like that. I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, but the, but you, but but every other player is screening, right? For, for, I was actually thinking of one one guy spots up in the corner to shoot, but like three guys screening because no, I assume I like one guy gets the ball and he's like out on the <laughs> wing, like three point line, and then just four guys. Yeah. So it's like it's like a hardened kind of character, and then. Every other yeah. guy just comes and sets one, two, three, four, like along the three-point line, heading back into the center yeah. of the court, and then he just dribbles past all four of them, and you just see what happens. Like maybe finish with the big man last, because then hopefully, yeah. I think there'd be a big breakdown in terms of like switch. But it's like, well, which switch? Who? There's four of us. Like we're all standing yeah. here, um, and obviously and the it, center it, it might. It would just be a cool novelty trick play. Like it would definitely confuse the defense because, like, you used to playing pick and rolls, but if all the players are in the pick, then you're like, like, just defensive spacing. Like Harden, obviously coming around those four consecutive picks, is quite a difficult mm. player to stop at the best of times. Like you know, you don't have anyone like waiting back in the key and stuff like that. Like it would just be quite tricky. But what I was more thinking of is like you have like the four players screen in, in a very tight unit almost to create one screen, but then the screener screens another screener for the screener. Like, you literally design it so the way they run off that screen gets them open as well. Like, yeah. Okay, it's, I, I, I have to, no I idea. Draw what, it down. I have no idea what you just said. But well, here's you know, screening the, no, screening I don't, the screener. I don't want you to clarify thing. it. Yeah, I don't want you to clarify it. Um, 
But, uh, okay, what about this? Curry brings it up. Why don't you want me to clarify? Oh, man. Well, I just, you just don't want to hear about it. I, you just explained it once, and it was the worst thing I've ever heard, and I don't want to, I don't <laughs> want to hear it again. Um, okay, Curry brings it up, and then you've got – so he's, he gets marked up pretty early because otherwise he's going to jack a three. Okay, then you set yeah. four screens starting from the um, top of the key, like three-point line, but hitting in the line, yeah. hitting towards the hoop, and they're like zigzagging on an angle – so like one's facing this way, he goes off that to the right, then he zigzags back, goes and he zigzags through them. That's quite cool. Yeah. Like In terms of being, almost, uh, almost like it's almost like it's the All Star Game um, shooting, not shooting stars, the skills challenge when you yeah. weave through those things. It's like that, but it'd be a bit tighter. It'd be mayhem. So this is this is where my idea gets. So that's pretty cool. But this is where my idea gets weirder. You know, there's a when you're messing around as kids, there's like a dangerous move you can do, which is also kind of funny, where you see a screen, but you go down on your hands and knees like a dog, and you um, the you the player you run the player into them and they trip over because it's like, it's like literally you're down there for them to fall over. Yeah. What is that rustling? Uh, some after eight minutes. I'm just opening okay. them. I got them to, for you for Christmas, but you left. Oh, thank you, but also don't eat them now live on the podcast. It's like the opposite of a Christmas. I've been Christmas looking like at them the entire. They've been really um, distracting me this entire episode. We're almost done. I okay? know, but you know, you know, what I'm talking about here when a player yes. ducks down and you run them off the screen and they fall over. Yeah, I think is that illegal? Really like, why don't you do that? I'd then? say surely. Surely that's because that's not like, in the there's you've got to be in a proper screening position and that's not a you've got to be square, you've got to be standing on your feet. I think there's do you think you do? Yeah, for sure. Because you can't even screen someone with your back turned to them, like you can't even have your back Can turned. You not? I don't think so. No, that's illegal. Well, what if you lay down on the floor? The only way you might be able to get away, no, I think even if you pretended to accidentally trip over. I think you'd still get called. That's for what I was thinking power. of. That's great minds think alike. Get this: mm. you get another player to foul, like your offensive player, to push, like Stephen Adams onto the ground. He falls down, and then he's this massive, like log in the middle of the floor that Paul George and Russell Westbrook can run their man off. Wait, so you push your own teammate? Disguise it as yeah, like a fight? All... Yeah. I say you still so get like... an offensive foul. This is what happens, all right? You get, um, you get. Uh, I can't think of another memorable player from the Thunder. Okay, you get, you get Russell Westbrook and Stephen Adams to get into a fight. Westbrook pushes Adams over in the middle of the court. He's now lying down like a log, and then Paul George just go to work, baby. It's all gravy. That's a terrible idea. Okay, um, that's enough of guy being thinking. Do we have Paul? Whatever your signal's oh, called. Yeah. Um, Paul don't lie. Well, mine's just um, novelty screens on the court. So the whole court is no, a screen. No, that's my idea. Novelty screens on the court is mine. No, no mine's um, like L- LCD screens. Oh, oh sorry. So like the entire... Legitimately had a screens confusion there. You know the first time you brought up the screens confusion? Were you doing a joke or were you genuinely confused by the screens thing? No, no, I wasn't confused, but I knew that listeners might be confused. Um, 
So my idea is the other screen. So the entire yeah, the entire court is a screen. Yeah, we, we know your idea. Um, um, the you uniforms the that have some during courts. the game though, like it, it catches on fire during a three. And stuff yes, like that. for sure. When someone hits a three, there'll be like because they did try and do that, did they not? Um, they made the three point line turn red. Like was it last season? What's happening? No, they, oh, was it like a? Was it like? It, it was like in, in yeah, it was in post. Like I think. I'm pretty sure that happened. It's the future. I don't think it is. Um, one last thing on the sheet that you've just written on now. 55 minutes. You wrote in um, Robert, Robert Ludlum. What'd you write in? Uh, yeah, I want to delete that. I want to go back and cut that bit out. Oh my god! Why? Why? Why did you bring it up? This is why I don't want to share a piece of paper with you. This is a nightmare. I can't rem- I can't even remember what I said about Robert Ludlum, but there was something back then that I wanted to cut out. You got his na- you got his name wrong? No, I don't think so. Sorry, I thought Oh yeah, I did get his name wrong. I got his name wrong, but no one will up. know about that cuz I would have cut it out. I called him Robert. I yeah, won't even say it because I would have cut that out by then. What was that name you brought up, though? It was another author who writes children's books. But no anyway, one... Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. End of a great pod. Absolute ripper. Um, konnichiwa. I don't know what goodbye in Japanese is. Sayonara? I don't know. Anyway. Um, um, no, wait, it's time for a joke. Name, it's not time for a joke. We've been going for an, an hour. Name an NBA team, and I'll do a joke, a player, a joke on the player's name. It's never worked once. Okay, go. Uh, okay, the team is the Boston Celtics. Uh, okay, who, um, who on the Boston Celtics makes the finest cheese? Um, L. Dunno. Kai Bree Irving. That's very good. Thank you. Who? Um, I haven't even written a joke. I've just started the joke. Doing it, I'll figure it out while I'm doing it. I've got Who, another one. Okay, you go first. What's the name of that white guy on the on the on the team? Aaron Baines or Daniel Feast. Gordon Hayward. <laughs> Gordon Hayward, yeah. Yeah. Who makes the Okay, wait, wait. Who this, makes, okay. Say it. Who makes the best bombs in the NBA? Gordon Haywood in structure. Yes. <laughs> Gordon Haywood in structure. Um that is pretty good. Okay, um who oh, you added the structure who, bit and just yeah. Who um who on the Boston Celtics makes the second best cheese? I don't, don't know who I'm um, Daniel no. Cheese instead of Thies. Thies. Never even heard of that guy. That is the yeah. end of Advanced Analytics. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I've been Guy Williams. <laughs> I, I don't do this anymore. He's been Paul Williams. Catching on the flip side. <laughs>
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.